Welcome to the podcast of Annihilation. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. To celebrate the wide launch this week of the latest Dungeons & Dragons storyline, Tomb of Annihilation, we worked with a cross-section of the community's favorite live-play D&D podcast to record special episodes using material from the adventure. We love highlighting the creativity of these amazing players and Dungeon Masters, and hopefully you'll find one or two new podcasts to adventure along with in the jungles of Chult. To find out more about these groups and the Tomb of Annihilation adventure, head to dnd.wizards.com POA, or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv dnd. We'll be interviewing many of these creators on Dragon Talk. Welcome to the jungle. Enjoy this adventure in Chult, brought to you by Encounter Roleplay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turncloaks, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. And today we're back with a very special episode, as this is the podcast of Annihilation. Yes, we're annihilating every single other podcast from Orbit uh, with today's episode. Uh, and yeah, we're playing the Tomb of Annihilation, which is uh, which is pretty exciting with the Turncloaks crew. What could go wrong? Uh, is the question I asked myself this morning, and then I made up a hundred point bullet point list of all the things that would go wrong in today's episode. So hopefully you guys are looking forward to that. But let's go around the cast and crew, figure out who we are, and today who we're playing. Because although this is Turncloaks, um, we are playing with some different characters today and uh, with a different little storyline. And we have a new player with us today as well, especially joining us. So let us start with Tall School. How's it going, Tall School? Hi, I'm Tall Skull. Glad to be here. Kind of concerned about being annihilated by uh, giant undead dinosaurs and things. Uh, I uh, have watched and read a little bit about uh, the whole uh, <clears throat> Tomb of Annihilation. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. And uh, I am playing uh, Gavin Fjordhammer, who is a 32-year-old uh, blacksmith. He uh, basically... Uh, decided after a fairly successful blacksmithing career to head out for some adventure um, after sort of finding the teachings of St. Cuthbert um, and common sense. He is not necessarily the judgment side of St. Cuthbert, but more of the common sense side. And um, after uh, years of studying with some local clerics and sort of uh, using common sense around his business and being a uh, blacksmith, went out into the world and uh, slowly has become a paladin of St. Cuthbert, traveling the uh, countryside. Uh, Gavin's a big man. He, uh, he worked with draft horses and um, large animals and plows and steel. He is about 6'7", uh, about 270 pounds, uh, so really well built. And... Um, Red hair, red beard, uh, kind of rough and tumble guy. He does uh, carry around a large uh, cast iron skillet that he made himself. It's about 24 inches in diameter. He also uses it as a small shield sometimes if necessary uh, because he likes to cook and he likes to eat and uh, he likes to make friends along the way. And that's how he does it. And uh, that's a little bit about Gavin. I'm looking forward to hopefully... I don't know, solve problems with a well-cooked breakfast at on Cthult. We'll see if that works out for me. Little did the Lich know that a well-cooked breakfast was his one weakness. And uh, <laughs> yes, fantastic. We also have Joseph with us today. How's it going, Joseph? Uh, not too shabby as of right now, but we'll see how we're doing in a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So. so talk to us about your character a little bit today. 
Um, so my character's name is Drimtal Torsathan, but he just goes by Tally because he thinks that's easier for everyone and he loves to make friends. He is an 8 foot 1, 315 pound blue dragonborn and the big kicker is he's only 17 years old. Uh, he was a gladiator of sorts in the kingdom from which he came from, taken from his parents at a very young age and forced into this arena fighting um, and he actually helped overthrow the tyrannical lord of the city after he stood up to him at a gladiator match one day, said, we're not going to take this anymore, and afterwards helped establish the new order of Rasil. And from there, um, decided that it would probably be best if he left the city to try and discover himself and his purpose in the world. Fantastic. Fantastic. We also have Sydney with us today. How's it going, Sydney? It's going good. I'm super excited. Um, I have fought the urge to read through Tomb of Annihilation, so I have no idea what's going to happen, and I'm I'm ready to be hurt. I'm I'm ready. Fantastic. Uh, so talk to us about your character today. I am playing Evan. She is a high elf rogue assassin who was hired to um, assassinate someone and unfortunately killed the wrong person. I mean, she's only level four. She's working on it. She is learning. She'll get there. But um, because of that, she is on the run and in search of someone who can help her sort of get out of this sticky situation. And um, hopefully she'll find it. Awesome. Uh, And Josh, how's it going? So, hi. Yeah, I'm Encounter Josh. Um, I will be playing uh, Quinn Kalen of uh, of Clan Kane. Um, he's uh, he's a druid, a wood elf druid. Uh, he hails from actually quite uh, uh, sort of a, a forest um, out in uh, the Arctic uh, side of uh, everything. He's pretty pretty much spent most of his life on his own uh, traveling um he's not really great with people he prefers the company of creatures and animals and all things that creep and crawl uh and he has come this way sort of found his way in this uh part of the land making his making what little coin he can for being a guide of sorts uh which is probably a terrible idea because guides are generally hired by um, adventurers and adventurers generally tend to go to terrible, terrible places and fuck all of you guys. Just saying, because you're, you're the reason I'm here, probably. <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and last but not least, uh, we have a special guest from the You Meet in a Tavern podcast. How's it going, Brian? Uh, it's going well. Glad to be here and thanks for having me. Fantastic. So talk to me about Cohen today. Uh, I am playing Cohen Blackfang, a 21-year-old human fighter. He's about 5'8", 190. Um, orphaned as a small child when his village was burned to the ground. Uh, traveled to a larger city, became a street urchin. Grew up, joined the local army and militia. Uh, and has perfected his archery skills uh, and survival skills through that. Fantastic. So, that is our cast for today, uh, a brand of, uh, of new characters joining together for what will be certain to be a tale of daring do and adventure. Uh, a quick note, whilst we are playing the Tomb of Annihilation, there shouldn't be too many spoilers involved in the story. Uh, there's a uh, 
couple of names that'll come up, a couple of characters that you'll see, but nothing that you wouldn't have already learned if you've been doing a little bit of reading up on the Tomb of Annihilation, or of course, if you're familiar with the Tomb of Horrors. So, do not worry. Um, right, I think we're ready to begin. Everyone good to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeehaw. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> All right, then. So, we're going to start with Gavin. As I, <laughs> as I brace myself for what's to come. <laughs> okay. The expedition set out with eight in total. That much you remember. The five of you, accompanied by other adventurers who traveled to Cholt alongside you, set to rid the world of an ancient evil and gain gold beyond measure. There was a veteran scout to lead the way, an expert trap maker, and a young bard for companionship. Your fellowship traveled across seas roiling in chaos until you reached the verdant jungles of Cholt. There, you remember you made camp along the beach before cutting through the thick jungles to make it to your destination, the Tomb of the Nine Gods. Why does everything else slip away from your memory? Why can't you remember? As you lie on your back in the darkness, you hear the footsteps of an unknowable horror coming closer, and you begin to remember. Gavin, time is short. I've managed to wake you up, but if your friends are going to stand any chance, I need you to remember. Gavin, remember! Gavin, you wake up. I look around, uh... Do I recognize where I am at all? You're in a dark cavern with a single beam of light poking through the ceiling hundreds of feet above. You're alone, and there's one entrance into the room. Not far beyond, you can hear the footsteps of other creatures coming towards you down a hallway. You're on a stone floor, and it's moist underneath from what you think is maybe blood. You look down, and you see that there's a gaping wound in your chest. And looking behind you, you see a black carved door with a keyhole shaped as a skull. Looking down at yourself, you can see parts of your body have begun to decompose along with your hand. It smells like death in here. So, uh, the only entrance and exit is through the door? There's a... Or in addition? In addition, another. yeah. Um, can I do a... A look around first. Uh, look around the uh, just the room to see if um, there's any tools, weapons, my equipment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, roll me a quick perception check. Uh, perception. It's a five. So most of your equipment is on you um, or lying strewn about the room. Uh, however, you can't really see much else around here. It's, it's particularly dark and you feel quite concussed as well. You do see these long shadows being cast that are uh, the shadows of figures coming towards you and based on the smell alone you can tell that these things are not your friends. And they're coming from the other entry into this room so, it's, so I'd be yeah. running towards them to go out that exit. So I basically have the door. Um, You've got the door. I... I head over uh, to the door and uh, just try to see am I can I stand I guess that's the first question am I able to stand or am I uh... yeah yeah you you can stand you realize that your legs don't have the strength that they once did um, potentially because of the rot which seems to be growing on them and your arms don't have the same strength they did either for the same reason 
and you go over towards this black carved door and you see that the only keyhole in it is shaped as a human skull by the looks of things and uh, you kind of just hold the door and it's this cold dark obsidian um, I check to see if it's locked and if it is I start to see if I can look around for uh, a key that matches the description of the keyhole yeah you you kind of push against it and you can feel that there's not even a budge of movement from it uh, and as you look over your shoulder you see the shadows growing closer and then you begin to remember so back to the group of you you unload from feeling good about this <laughs> All right, good. So, um, back to the group of you. You unload from your ship, waving goodbye to the captain as he returns to your lands. The foreboding jungle lies ahead of you, but as the sun is setting, your scout's jewelry suggests you camp for a night on the beach. You set about starting a fire and unpacking. Of course, Gavin is with you at this point, um, and the group of you are uh, ready for expedition and adventure. The group of you unload from your ship and are on the hot beaches. Um, so let's, let's quickly describe what you guys look like as you're kind of coming off from the ship ready for your very first expedition. Uh, let us start with uh, Quinn. Um, so yeah, Quinn is uh, he's a fairly dirty looking man. Um, doesn't particularly wash. Why would you? You know, it's no... He's not bothered about sort of social conventions and that sort of thing. Uh, he's wearing a uh, very worn, um, dirty, uh, studded leather armor. Across his back is a large wooden circular shield, uh, and uh, hanging from his hip is a, a blade. Um, this blade, you guys will know, uh, having travelled with him, is actually uh, one large bone of some unknowable creature, uh, and carries a slate dagger across his back. There is no metal upon him, being born a, a druid. The only thing you will notice, uh, he has a huge pelt of uh, a, a white um, fur of some sort, uh, that he, he sort of travels in, uh, but it's sort of got so grimy and dirty, the colour is, uh, is long since dulled. He's got short dark hair that's a bit messy, a little bit of stubble, and cautious eyes. Very tanned, uh, and plenty of scars, and uh, he sort of is immediately... You will always find him sort of on the outskirts of the camp, uh, away from conversation, and keeping an eye out uh, wearily. Okay. Um, tally. You give us a brief description as well as you step off from the boat. Yes, uh, he's once again extremely tall, eight foot one, very muscular. He's wearing these kind of beat up clothes, but very simple. Um, it's a chain mail shirt, essentially, with a tunic over it, um, and his arms are bare to show off their impressive size. Uh, dirty beat up pants and boots, and uh, he's decked out with weapons. He's got two hand axes and a long sword by his side and a trident and a longbow over his back. Nice. Uh, Evan. Evan is um, very tall and slim. She's probably like 5'10 um, and maybe like 130 pounds. She's got very long, dark, almost black hair and she wears... Um, like a leather armored vest sort of thing, but since it's the summer, that's pretty pretty much it, just to make sure that she doesn't die from heat. And um, 
some boots for trekking and always has daggers on her and um looks kind of scary like someone that you like wouldn't talk to in high school you know what i mean that kind of thing think like katniss but like a lot meaner okay okay um cohen sure uh, cohen is a young 20s looking uh, male 58 190 he has um leather armor none of it matches it's all varying degrees of wear and degrade uh stuff that he has accumulated over time very unkempt um doesn't remove his leathers often because in his previous you know growing up if you you removed something it was stolen from you um he carries a small black onyx knife at his waistband uh that is the only thing that he owns from his childhood before he became an urchin and he has a longbow and a quiver of arrows slung over his shoulder. Fantastic. And of course, we already know what Gavin looks like um, as he steps off from the boat. Uh, but alongside him uh, are the rest of your companions. Uh, Jory is a human scout, um, a veteran of these jungles, um, a man of few words, and um, he's been keeping himself to himself on the boat, but sets about making the camp. Um, you also travel with a, another rogue whose name is Eddie. Uh, he's said to be an expert with traps and with uh, short kind of spiky hair. Uh, he immediately sets to making the camp secure. And last but not least, you travel with Lacey. Um, she's a bard. And she's the youngest uh, amongst your group, probably about 16, so just younger than Tally. Um, and she knows the tales of the Tomb of the Nine Gods and the legends behind um, while you're traveling there. So you guys set about your camp and, and set up for the, the night. You hear the distant calls of strange creatures, um, and as it grows into the night, it does become quite cold. Um, so this campfire is a chance for you guys to, um, to do whatever it is you want to, really, and kind of... Uh, You've been on the boat, but it's not a great experience to, to meet people whilst traveling at sea. Um, and some people will just lock themselves away or just constantly be throwing up. So this is your first time on dry land, really meeting each other. Um, so what do you guys want to get up to tonight? Gavin's cooking. Uh, he's got out <laughs> Agatha and is, uh, you know, finally uh, off the boat and getting a chance to do some real cooking of some appropriateness for all of us. Uh, he's got you know, rashers of bacon, whatever we have, you know, supplies-wise. Oh, yeah. Before we left, I'm sure Gavin would have double-checked the stores. Um, and so uh, he basically is there, and he's at sort of a... Um, you know, he, he's kind of like a Food Network cook, so he's sort of talking with everybody, kind of explaining how he's doing it. Ah, see, the trick to doing this one is you've got to make sure you get all the brownings there in the bottom so you can make a nice gravy after it's all said and done. See what I'm saying here? Could you attend uh, that bread over there? Just push it away from the coals just a bit. Thank you. Yes, uh, um, dragon uh, boy. Uh, tally, was it? Yes, it's Tally. Uh, yes, if you could just move that over a little bit. It's a little too close to the coals. It'll burn on that side. Absolutely. It is my it is my utmost pleasure to serve you in your endeavors to cook us a fantastic meal. Well, I'll try my best. It's uh, certainly going to be interesting atmosphere out here. Yeah. What do you think about this jungle? I've 
I'm from the north. I've never seen anything like it. I suppose so. It is very foreign to me as well, but I am looking to survive it, if not conquer whatever is in it. Yes, should be quite an adventure. Always good to take care, though, with places like this. Oh, absolutely. The, the legends are troubling. The, uh, the scout jury kind of looks over at that and says, Aye, and they're all true as well. Trust me, I've been through plenty of nightmare in this place. So many lads like yourselves die, all happy on the first night, and then, well, don't come back. Oh. Well, we'll try and set a new record, then. Try and make it two nights. Hey, two nights would be a first about one of us dying. Uh, that's a uh, troubling news, friend. The uh, the the bard, uh, Lacey, is kind of keeping herself to herself, um, and says, uh, "There's a reason these lands are forsaken. We knew the risks, and we came here. It'll be fine, Jory." And you, Cohen. What brings you here? I just wanted to get rich. I've never had anything. This is my chance. It's my time. I want my I want my money and I want to get out of here. But surely the knowledge of being able to overthrow such a profound evil would be better consolation than the monetary prize. I don't care about anybody else. Nobody's ever cared about me. I just want what's mine, and I want to go. All right, then. Jory seems to approve. Uh, he'll stay alive longer than most of you. Ah, uh, Cohen, you'll... You'll find there are things more important than gold, but I understand that you're not able to see past that quite yet. We will... Try to assist you to get you at least some place where you can begin to realize there's more to life. Every every friend I've had has died. Friends don't last long around me. Well, we don't plan on dying. We're all going to get out of here having vanquished this evil from this land and get the rewards for us to move on to whatever our next piece of destiny that awaits us. Uh, Evan, Quinn, are you guys uh, involved in the conversation? Okay. Um, Evan would be sitting there, like, sharpening daggers and things like that and looking up at negative comments with um, um, the, sort of an annoyance that people keep saying that we're going to die. It's not the attitude that we need right now, but she's probably not actively um, engaging with anyone who doesn't engage with her first. Okay, and uh, Quinn? Quinn is currently sat uh, far from the fire, um, staring off uh, into the distance, just keeping an eye out, really, taking watch without even being asked. Um, but at this point, no, he's uh, he's not weighed in at all. He's not really socialised on a journey over. Um, you get a feeling it's he's very awkward around people. Um, so, yeah, he sort of sticks uh, to the outskirts, and uh, he listens, 
but he doesn't have an opinion, uh, or certainly not one that he vocalises. Okay. The uh, rogue Eddie kind of finds his way over to your corner of the camp um, as you're looking out. He's like, "Uh, what do you see? Anything out there? I don't see anything yet, but it is out there, and it waits for us. What? What's out there? That would be telling. He gives him a sort of wry smile, uh, a little awkwardly, not sure if sort of he's tried to make a joke, but not really sure if it's uh, it's panned mm-hmm. out. And he says, truth be told, is difficult to know what to expect in such a place. Back where I come from, I manage look after a tent, I believe is your word, to the forests right. and the wilderness. But this place... It sets my skin crawling. Yeah, he nods. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies too. And uh, he kind of points up into the skies where you can see a band of what at first appear to be birds, but then you realize that they're far too big to be birds and they have a uh, leathery kind of skin to them rather than uh, any feathers. Um, and they screech and caw uh, up in the jungles far away from you, um, up in kind of mountains and spires, but he kind of points up at them and says, that ain't anything natural. (laughs) Nothing like what we got back at home. Quinn reaches out a hand, uh, places it sort of on his arm and just lowers his pointing hand and says, uh, there is often misconception about people like you and I and them. We come from lands where we are top of chain for food. This land, you might not like where you place. He kind of gulps um, and uh, looks quite nervous. (laughs) Right, well, I'm going to get back to the camp. (laughs) Um, Gavin's bringing over food and catches a little bit of this and it's like, we might not place at the top, but... My biggest question is, do you think they taste like chicken? And hands them each a plate of, uh, of food and wanders back over. <laughs> so Gavin manages to bring a, uh, a smile to the otherwise somber campfire um, as you guys uh, eat and, um, and discuss your plans, I suppose. Jory has a, uh, a route planned out uh, for tomorrow. Is there anything you guys uh, want to be doing other than getting some rest tonight? I think Quinn, uh, he heads sort of like... he's He looks for some vegetation. He's just fascinated with how alien this landscape looks. This is so unlike... There's just plants, there's trees, there's just things that... Uh, very wrong and he he's come to the understanding that i think it what it is that unsettles him isn't anything that he can see or smell he could handle that but it's the subconscious and if you think about it you know you build up a natural background ambience mm. and you're used to sort of particular bird song uh, you know people talking and everything here is just really alien and unfamiliar and the noises the animals make are just so bizarre and vivid that uh 
kind of it puts him on edge and uh he's just gonna go and just sample a little vegetation and by sample i don't mean he's just going to go and eat local herbs <laughs> and stuff like that but oh, he's gonna go take on. a couple of um <laughs> a couple of clippings of uh some 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 uh plants flowers and yeah. stuff and just uh probably tinker with his herbalism kit yeah the fauna and flora is definitely very alien to uh your homelands um and uh it's very much alive a much more verdant land i think the lands which quinn comes from um and the the trees and jungles are alive even at night um with all sorts of insects and creatures and small uh rodents birds and even other more reptilian creatures that you spot in the darkness all making something of a cacophony during the night um, but the rest of you um, sleep away, I'm sure, taking some watches and rests, um, along with Jory, Lacey, and uh, Eddie, who are all um, happy to, uh, to assist and help out. Now, uh, when morning comes, uh, Jory's there waking you guys up. Come on, everybody! Time to get up! Time to see who's going to pick the short straw today! Your enthusiasm is always so refreshing. And Gavin gets up and does start cooking breakfast for everybody, you know, uh, <laughs> getting things sort of set up and going, knowing we need to be quick, so not making it a long, a quick breakfast. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Lacey's there. Um, and thank you, Gavin. This is, uh, this is good. I, I feel like we're going to need this today. Yes, it's... Uh, this is not going to be an easy work to blaze a trail through that. No, well, I trust that you and your companions can see to that and can get me to my life's research, the Tomb of the Nine Gods. I'm excited. Be sure to chime in with any information you might have along the way. Uh, being uh, most the best sense to have is foreknowledge, so... Anything you can tell us, no matter how small, please share it with us. Well, the the creature that once lived there, a Serac, it's a lich, and, uh, well, uh, it's rumors to be believed and he's no longer there, but most likely he left a fair few surprises in his wake. Uh, traps and creatures, minions and the like. Indeed, it is said that he could infest even people's minds, turn friends against him. So... Be sure to keep each other within eyesight, and, uh, well, if you see anything strange, then, then just shout, basically. But I'm sure we'll be fine. It's been millennia, centuries, since anyone's, you know, <laughs> explored it, so I doubt there's anything left there. But ruins and hopefully some artifacts and some gold for you as well. Uh, my hope is just to dispel any evil that might remain here. If what has been said about the different holy rites around the land are true, and this is its source, it must be ended, and quickly. Truly, there is an evil upon the land, and, well, whilst the lich is surely gone, some of his evil magics still remain. But, uh, <laughs> she starts to tuck into breakfast. Uh, so, um, Jory, your scout, begins to uh, kind of lead you into the jungle the, uh, after you have breakfast. And he stops you before you get into it and says, Right, a few things first. The ground is going to try and fucking kill you. Okay? Don't trust it. 
The trees! They're gonna try and fucking kill ya! Got it? The branches up there, they're gonna try and fucking kill ya too! The insects, the bugs, the plants, the creatures and everything, gonna try and, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Be on your guard at all times. Have a sword out or whatever it is you use. Cut down the vegetation as you go. We'll take breaks on the hour. And, uh, well, I'll be scouting ahead to clear the path. Okay? Tally takes the trident off his back and says, If it can be hit, be sure that I will hit it. You shouldn't be in too much danger. You too! And he, uh, looks at Evan. Do you ever have anything positive to say? No, not really. Wonderful. And she pulls out her sword and uh, gets ready. All right, then. Everybody, let's go. And uh, Jory turns on his point and begins to uh, cut his way through the jungle, leading the path for you guys. Uh, who wants to be... Uh, let's get a marching order for this. Uh, Gavin will go close to front. Um, uh, Tally, would you like to join me? here on the vanguard. Sure, it makes sense that we should have two rather burly men in front. Yes, we'll definitely want to have a rear guard as well. Cohen, yes. can you protect our flank and rear? I'll, I can take the rear. That's where I'm used to being. Quinn? Ev Evan? Where would you... I think actually, I'll I'll take the back. I, I don't want to have my back to anyone right now. Okay, and Quinn. Uh, Quinn sort of ends up in the middle, without saying anything to anyone. People just uh, sort of form up around him, and he he doesn't argue. Okay. Um, so yeah, we've got Gavin and Tali up the front. We've got Cohen and Evan in the back, and Quinn in the middle of things for your marching order. Um, and uh, Eddie and uh, Lacia with you guys kind of in the middle with Quinn we'll say uh, and uh, Jory is cutting down the forest up ahead he's probably about 100 to 200 yards in front of, in front of you at any given point yeah question uh, I was just to say Eddie I believe you said you are a master of traps that's, and that's right yeah from our friend Jory it sounds as though this might be <laughs> an issue could you uh, scout here and make sure the two of us, uh, he sort of smiles, big lugs, don't uh, set anything off on us? Yeah, no, no worries. I'll, uh, I'll keep my eyes out. Appreciate it. He, uh, he begins to kind of you know, forage ahead of you guys a little bit. Uh, and the going through the uh, jungle continues for uh, most of the day. Um, as Jory mentioned, stopping on the hour to take breaks is, is incredibly um, tiring work to hack your way through the jungle. Um, and by the end of the day, you will have a level of exhaustion um, from going through this uh, incredibly hot and thick environment. Actually, it's like swinging your sword arm every, uh, you know, 10 seconds to hack a bush out of the way um, or to, uh, you know, to, to get something um, out of the path or to jump over it. It's, uh, it's particularly difficult going. Um, and um, as it's drawing into the evening, you hear a scream from up ahead from where Jory is. 
And uh, Eddie turns back. That sounds like Jory. Tally's immediately up on his feet, trident out, running towards the source of the sound. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gavin's there beside him. Quinn is going to. Quinn is going to follow, but Quinn is going to branch off and run parallel, uh, sort of through the the low brush, um, and I'm, he's going to approach quietly as the big lugs run in, ready for a okay. fight. Okay. Uh, and what about uh, Evan? Um, Evan will look at Cohen and say, "Well, he he did say someone was going to die today." Uh, Cohen will look at Evan. Uh, he just has a blank stare on his face. Draws out his bow. Uh, and circles the opposite way of Quinn, trying to maybe flank whatever is it coming at us. Evan is like, oh, tough, tough crowd. Okay, so the group you kind of branch out, heading towards the sound of the scream, um, and Tally and Gavin are first on the scene. You see a plant about uh, 20 feet tall, um, and uh, it's very similar in looks to a Venus flytrap uh, with that spiky kind of trap-like mouth appendage. Um, and inside of that mouth, you see Jory. He's screaming as uh, his right leg has been snapped up into the uh, creature or the plant. Um, and you see Jory's blood flowing through the veins uh, of the plant itself as though it were chlorophyll. Jory's hanging up there uh, and you can tell that there's still a part of his leg which is still attached and he's about 10 feet up in the air uh, and he's just screaming and screeching from the pain. You two are first on the scene. Okay. Um, I'm going to immediately just scream hang in there jory and take the trident and hurl it at the plant okay yeah roll me attack roll sure thing good lord all right we got a whopping 10 it's difficult to miss the plant itself due to its huge size. It just kind of sticks into the the base of the plant, into its kind of like root system, and kind of judders there. Um, the plant itself doesn't seem to be particularly phased, and has stopped moving ever since it started to eat Jory. Uh, immediate uh, like diagnosis from Gavin is that Jory is not going to survive losing a leg. <sighs> Yeah, no, I was wondering about that. Um, still, we're not going to leave him here. Uh, Gavin's going to go up and uh, at least try to s- s- knock the plant down so we can recover Jory and do whatever we can uh, okay. for him. So he's going to run forward with his warhammer. You will not take one of us so quickly. And swings his warhammer for an eight. Yeah, uh... Okay, so uh, you kind of like smack it into the uh, base of the uh, plant, uh, and again, you leave a marked dent in it, um, but it's like cutting down a tree. This thing is thick um, and, uh, and like very kind of fibrous as well, difficult to cut through. Um, at about this time, Quinn and Cohen and Evan kind of arrive on the scene, uh, having kind of flanked around the creature. Um... Quinn is going to cast a, a spell. He's going to cast uh, Barkskin on himself, uh, for starters. Okay. 
And then uh, he's going to... He's going to do something else. But you'll see that in just a moment. And I'd like to roll a stealth check to remain unseen. Yeah, go ahead. That's okay. 23. Yep, you are pretty well hidden right now. Fantastic. Okay, uh, Evan and Cohen, you see Jory hanging from the creature 10 feet in the air. Um, so... I'm going to try to do something weird. Okay. I have um, a, a poisoner's kit. Mm-hmm. So would it be possible to go up to like the base of the plant or the stalk mm-hmm. and cut it open and like put poison in it and see if that affects it at all? Yeah, you could. That's definitely possible. Okay, I want to do that. Okay, uh, roll me on your poisoner's kit. What do I roll for? Uh, it's 1d20 plus, I don't know, is it like wisdom? Proficiency and then plus wisdom. wisdom yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. We'll see how this goes. Ah, yeah, five. Yeah, uh, you kind of cut it open and start sort of like pouring the poison inside the creature. You realize that the amount of poison that you have is probably not going to be enough to do much to the creature in the short term. Uh, potentially long term it will have more damage but um, this thing is like pretty big and you're poured in like a you know like a flask full of poison yeah gotcha damn it Uh, so Cohen Um, as Cohen kind of emerges from the brush and undergrowth he draws his bow um, and before taking action he's going to scream out uh, Gavin he's a goner do you just want me to put him out of his misery? Or are we really going to go through with this whole savior thing? Um, he's uh, currently, uh, Jory's still alive, yes? He's, yeah, he's screaming uh, from the leg, which is almost completely severed. And you can see him, he's like reaching for a knife, and he looks like he's about to like cut the, the connection that is there on his own leg. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll go back to Cohen. Don't kill him. Try to shoot him down. Cut the tendon. Shoot the tendon. Very well. And so I'm going to knock an arrow and shoot for the tendon. All right. Give me an attack roll. That's an eight. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's not a... <laughs> We're like the worst group ever, right. guys. Yeah, we're doing terrible. We can't hit a tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. dear. Um, so, yeah, oh, Cohen kind of fires the arrow up, um, and uh, it, like, sticks right next to Jory's leg. Um, and as, uh, as that happens, he basically just grabs the arrow that's kind of stuck into the, um, the creature and uses that rather than his knife. Uh, to slice away the tendon using the tip of the arrow. And with a... He falls down onto the ground and lands 10 feet below and falls unconscious. Um, Gavin will run over and uh, try to stabilize him and cast a... Uh, just a first level cure wounds on him. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so it does four to... Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I know it doesn't grow his leg back, but at least to make it so that he doesn't bleed out right here yeah currently um, he's our guide yeah you um you see that the you know the wound begins to sort of knit itself back together somewhat however he's already lost a lot of blood and it's kind of cut up uh it's been sliced off at kind of the the sort of upper thigh um rather than just like the lower leg um and blood is just pouring out onto the ground from jory you do have a bringing back to consciousness with that 
um, and his eyes kind of flicker up at you as he's on the ground. This day's not your turn to die. You said one of us, but it's not going to be you. We need you here still. He's like, ah, ah, let me go. Ah, it hurts, Gavin, it hurts. Ah. <sighs> Evan comes up and she's like, Gavin, it's not like he can be a guide anymore. <sighs> it's not meant to be like this. He, uh, you see Jory's eyes kind of like flickering backwards as uh, the kind of blood pours from his leg. He goes, it got me damn leg, man. <sighs> I look and At see, I point, see, the, I, oh, I was going to say, I see Evans. She's right there with, you know, sharp assassin's daggers. And yeah. assume, knowing that she must be trained, I look at her and say, make it quick. And I stand up and turn my back and walk away. He, uh, like, unstrings with his one, like, hand that isn't, like, just down by his side, broken from the fall. He unstrings a, uh, a, a locket, uh, and he says, Give this to my wife if you ever see her. Okay. Tell her I died a hero. Evan takes it, and she's like, I'll, I'll be sure to do my best to find her. And takes out her like freshly sharpened yeah, daggers he and shows just, you his neck yeah pulls it back and just slices it quickly and deeply and he's gone within seconds he bleeds out on the floor um while that's happening I just want to check and see if there are any other plants in the area that seem like this plant and what just want to see what that plant yeah, is doing yeah perception check <clears throat> I'm good at those. Sure I am. That's a that's another ten. <laughs> uh, you see that you're in a, a forest of them. Uh, they seem to be everywhere here. And the one that ate Jory has turned red, where previously they are green. You know, plants get like green from the chlorophyll running through them. This one's turned red from all of the blood that seems to be going through its veins. Uh, and it seems to be growing larger as well from the blood, and it just kind of like shoots upwards, growing uh, like, a, like a plant would, just in, just in quick motion for a plant, I suppose. Um, they're surrounding you. However, you do think you could escape their snares, which are on the ground. Uh, if you can imagine a rope trap that would swing you upwards. Uh, that's essentially what they have on the ground. They have little vines that if you step on them will just whip around your foot and pull you upwards into the mouth. These could be avoided though. Okay. So I just turn to the group and say, We must keep our guard up. And whatever you do, do not step on the vines. That is what they used to trap us. If you do, have a knife ready. You'll need to cut yourself loose. Preferably without cutting your own limb off. Uh, Eddie says, why doesn't me and Evan, we can, we can try and scout ahead and pull out a path? We much appreciate it. Your eyes are much better than ours. I think that's a good idea. Yes. Okay. Uh, the young girl Lacey kind of sticks close to Gavin um, and uh, seems to see him as a protector. Um, so, Evan, you can roll me a investigation check, and Eddie will as well. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, Eddie rolled a 16. I rolled a 4. 
Okay. It's just not a good day for this game. No. Between the two of you, however, you can plot a route uh, through this uh, forest of gigantic man-eating plants. Um, and Eddie's, I, I think this one's safe. Just follow in my footsteps. And he kind of shows you guys a way through. Um, so as you follow him through, uh, leaving uh, Jory behind, uh, it's about... 30 minutes until you're out from this area of immediate danger and back on the path once again. Uh, and Lacey turns to Gavin and is like, I think I know the way based on some maps and charts that I've read. I can lead us to the tomb. That sounds good. Uh, be sure to let Evan and Eddie know so that they can scout ahead. I'm sure they're just as bad things along the way as those plants yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, you two, if you head northwest from here, we should only be a few miles away now. Thank you. That's good to know that we're almost there. All right, so, um, Evan, you can roll me a perception check as you are scouting ahead. Oh, God. Let's see. 21! Wow. Impressive. Ooh. Impressive. Thank you. Thank you. The first, <laughs> the first roll from the PCs. That's uh, it's in the double digits, probably. Um, <laughs> hey, we had a ten. Pretty we had a bad. ten. <laughs> we had some tens. We had two tens. Oh, uh, you guys! I'm proud of you. Um, so, Evan, as you're scouting ahead, you crest a hill in the jungle, and you look out as you kind of reached a uh, a plateau, and looking down in the valley, you can see a tomb. Um, which is ancient cobbled stones uh, covered in vines and looks like it's been here for tens of thousands of years, created by a different race of people and not by any mortal hand. And you realize that you've found the tomb of the nine gods. Evan turns back and, and looks at everyone and says, we, We're here. It's, it's right below. We made it. Uh, Lacey will push her head straight away to get a look at it and she kind of stands in amazement and she looks down at the tomb Evan uh, went, sees her like kind of charging forward and stops her from running and is like watch yourself girl you know there are traps everywhere let's move forward can I uh, do like a survival check to see if I can or uh, myself or Quinn whoever's trained in survival about getting a pathway down into this Valley. I mean, is it like a is it like a cliff? Or yeah, is it it's a, a walk inable. It's it's a cliff, but it could be traversed with some rope. Yeah, Quinn will uh, Quinn will roll a survival check to uh, see if he can figure out the safest path down. Okay. Yeah. Oh. A thirteen and a fourteen for Gavin. Nice. So uh, yes, the two of you basically tie ropes and attach them to some trusty, trustworthy-looking trees around here um, and begin your descent downwards. It's not a particularly high cliff, so um, it only takes you guys the best part of half an hour for the group of you to all kind of abseil down and be down at the bottom. Um, at the base of the cliffs, you come upon a tomb and you see a 15-foot-tall obelisk of cracked stone is draped with vines and black moss. Behind it, you see a dark passageway, obscured by withered creepers. And uh, Lacey immediately goes to look at the uh, uh, the obelisk. She seems pretty fascinated by all of this. I go up to her. 
and just say, what do your legends say about this? Uh, well, the lich, he likes to leave riddles and clues for those about to enter. So we should study this obelisk and, uh, and we'll see what he has to say. Just uh, nod and just start looking for things that I would recognize um, that might be able to help us. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking at the obelisk, uh, you see an inscription that looks about as old as all of these cobbled stones around here, which reads, Fear the night when the forsaken seizes death's mantle and the seas dry up and the dead rise and I, Asarak the Eternal, reap the world of the living. Those who dare enter, take heed. The enemies oppose. One stands between them. In darkness it hides. Don the mask or be seen. Speak no truth to the doomed child. The key turns on the inside only. And I will copy that for you guys in Zoom chat there. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> not that you'll need that, I'm sure. No, I'm no, sure not. not so that's what the obelisk leads, uh, reads, and Lacey seems to be uh, examining it. Uh, what, are you, what else are you guys doing at this point? We've been up all day mm -hmm. and all that. I mean, yeah, yeah, you are tired. So, friends, do we? I think yeah. we tackle this in the morning, yes? I don't think that yes. us going in now would be folly. I believe so. We will need to be most effective with our watches this night, though. Well, I will point out that I'm I'm one of those elves. Same. One of those elf folks. Uh, so I would recommend um, uh, taking one of, like, maybe first watch or something like that, because I, I only need four hours sleep, whereas you will need eight. No, I'm an elf too, so we can do it together. Okay, yeah, so if I take one, you take the other. Yeah. Um, and then that way everyone's rested. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, so Lacey says to kind of researching and investigating, and as you guys sit down for the kind of campfire for the night, this is fascinating. You realize that we're on the very precipice of everything that Asarak ever created. Although, at the same time, if there were any of those evils that still exist, then they're probably in that doorway there. Before we, before Gavin rests, he's going to do, I mean, I, I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to cast a detect evil and good just if I can get any more information uh, about, uh, you know. You get a nosebleed because there's so much evil. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, look, the big black temple to a giant lich, it happens to be evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely, you sense an overwhelming amount of evil in this place. It kind of sickens you to the core, feels very close to you. I guess this is the place. Um, so, Lacey, just my my patron, my god, St. Cuthbert, is yes. often known for his common sense. Reading this inscription, one would think that these are <laughs> straightforward, but also clues with a twist. Logic problem, so to speak. Do you uh, have any information further about them? Well, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I, I, I think rather they have to be applied in the moment of the situation, if that makes sense. Uh, Aserak doesn't really let one plan too much for, uh, for these things, so 
We'll memorize them, and when it comes to a moment in which we need them, we'll have them on hand and, 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 can, and can use them. Uh, we will all keep them in mind. Yeah. Never know where the spark of information, inspiration may come from. Yeah, I will. When? Well, I'll, I'll try and try and remember. <laughs> and she's been, like, writing it down in her book and everything. Well, it helps to be able to hit things hard, but I fear for this we will need both brains and brawn. And he looks over at Lacey and says, You will be most instrumental to us in defeating this evil. And we appreciate your company. Well, I'm happy to be here. I mean, this is just very exciting for me. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm glad to have a fine band of companions to travel with. As are we. Although, poor Jory. On the mention of Jory, Gavin actually walks over to Cohen. Cohen, friend. You were the one who was being the true friend back at the clearing with Jory. You say you don't have any, but you obviously have the ability to be a friend, which means that soon you will have friends whether you like them or not. You were thinking of him even more than I was. If we make it out of this, then we can be friends. But I don't make friends easy. We have to survive. That is true. I hope you'll have, show us all the same kindness that you were going to show for Jory. It does not seem as though death is a pleasant experience when it finds you in this place. Let's have it over with quickly. No one should have to suffer. I'll do what's done. I'll do what needs to be done. Then you are a true friend indeed. So as you guys camp and Quinn takes the first watch outside of the tomb of the nine gods, you guys take some rest and um, prepare yourselves for the true threat in the morning. However, as you guys are asleep, or in a trance-like state if you're an elf, you feel yourself unable to move, as if you're in a night terror. You feel yourself awake and conscious, but unable to truly move yourself around, and as you begin to panic, you realize that you can't move at all and it becomes very difficult to breathe and you look around you and you realize that you are physically restrained as well by bonds of vines that are wrapped around your hands uh, and you um, begin to panic as you realize this and try and kind of scream out but you realize that you're under the effects of a silence and no sound comes out you then look up around you and you see a fat crone standing in your camp. She looks like she's been sewn together by different pieces of uh, body parts. Some of them human, others amphibian, reptile. 
some of the pieces definitely are not from the same person and they're disproportionate in age. And um, she's wearing this filthy rag. And um, you guys, as you're kind of just looking at her out in this camp, um, she begins to smile and you see a very toothy, rotten toothed grin kind of come out. <laughs> oh, welcome. <laughs> I see you've made it to the tomb. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure watching you. <laughs> but I wouldn't have been able to do it without the help of uh, Quinn here. And uh, you look and see that Quinn is standing next to her and not wrapped in any vines and seems to be uh, completely unharmed. It has been interesting watching you all traipse your way through this place, desecrating it with your filthy footsteps. But now you're here. Now you have finally arrived. <laughs> oh, it was so fun watching them. But now the time has come for a few of you to become more acquainted with the needle and the thread. And uh, from out of her backpack, she gets this wicked-looking, uh, like, sewing instrument out, which has dried and crusted blood, and you can see that's how she stitched herself together. And she says, It would be fun to just stitch out your eyes now <laughs> and replace them with something else. But, uh, no, I think I'll let you enter the tomb and see what the master has waiting for you now. We'll only need two of them. And, uh, she points at Lacey and Eddie. Those two will do. Come to me. And as she kind of extends her finger, the two of them are kind of being, like, slid across the ground towards her as if by a telekinetic force. And you see, Gavin, as Lacey is passing by you, from her pocket, she slips you a key as she's going past. Am I able to move enough to take it and pocket it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I take it, absolutely. Um, oh, man, there's nothing I can do, is there? Um, yeah, the... The, yeah. <laughs> the two of them are kind of slid on the ground over towards this crone and uh, she smiles again as she kind of picks them up and uh, says, Well, I do hope that you enjoy your stay, but uh, the four of us have some fun to have. And um, as, as she does that, um, she places a hand on Quinn and a hand on the other two and you see them just twist and warp and fade. And you guys are now freed from the silence and your shackles. So Quinn's gone, Lucy's gone, and uh, Eddie's. Lacey, I'm sorry, Eddie and Lacey are gone. That's right. So now is the group of you. What was that? Monster. It was proof that we can't trust anyone anymore. Hmm. We must try to find them. 
We have no choice but to enter into the temple now. I'm... Remember what they told us, that this isn't just a physical assault, it's a mental one as well. Illusions are powerful things, mistrust is a powerful weapon. Do we really believe that Quinn has betrayed us, or has he been captured and taken against his will? Regardless, he is not here among us. Can I do... Gosh, I don't know. There's nothing that I would do that would see whether or not he is like been made invisible or something. I don't think so. Where? <laughs> so, ooh, actually, I can do detect magic as a ritual. I would like to cast detect magic as a ritual just to make sure that there is not some sort of illusion or something happening here. Yeah. Um, so you cast your ritual, um, and it does indeed seem like Quinn, the hag, uh, and Eddie and Lacey have left. Okay. So there's not like any magical signature left behind that someone's, you know, if they're, if they're gone, they were put in like a pocket dimension or something. They're not here, here, just invisible, Correct. undetectable. It seems as though we have no choice. However... We do know we have an ally in Lacey. She was able to slip me this, and I show the key. Uh, the key is more than just any key. Um, it has a skeletal skull at the end of it. I don't um, understand why she didn't give it to us before this. Do you think she's a real ally? Well, she wasn't expecting to be separated from us, for sure. That doesn't give her the right to keep secrets. Everyone has secrets. I tend to agree with Cohen. There are some aspects of our lives that we wish not to reveal to others. She I'm not was asking someone. for your history. I'm asking for anything that can keep us alive out here, like a key. She was a purveyor of knowledge on this tomb. She was our only hope of getting through it. Now we must find another, and she has given it to us. This key may prove to be useful in whatever trials we may face. And in this key, I see her trust. Agreed. Uh, so, Will, did is this at the end of our long rest? Yeah, or are yeah. We, uh, it's, okay. it's dawn is rising, we'll say. Well, let's begin this journey so oh and the exhaustion is gone the exhaustion is gone now as well yeah <sighs> i think we should do what sh she said keep these words from the obelisk in our minds as we move forward evan are you with us of course i'm with you i'm trying to warn you of people that aren't understood i just wanted to make sure well, we should move forward, but as always, if you could help us to see if we can avoid any of this lich's tricks and traps, it would be appreciated. Of course. Should I roll um, perception or something? You were sure on a causeway leading to the main premise, right? Right, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you begin to step up towards the tomb itself. There's a dark passageway. You can roll me uh, an investigation check. Cool. 16. 
Okie dokie. Um, you are coming up uh, past this black obelisk through the Blackstone Corridor, um, and you don't notice any traps that are underfoot. It looks like it leads out into a larger passageway um, and potentially like a hallway itself. It seems clear. Here, let's move forward. Yes. Um, I see it dark, torches, lanterns, uh, Will, or is there light in here? Uh, it is very dark. Yeah, you will need lighting. Um, so yeah, no, I, uh, I bring out my lantern, um, light it. I know other things will see us coming, but I think in here it's best if we can try to see what we might be blundering into and start moving forward, letting, uh, Evan lead us, mm -hmm. lead the way. So you come out, um, from this, uh, kind of stone entryway into a large hallway, uh, which is several hundred feet in diameter and length. Uh, it's pretty gigantic um, and seems to, you know, lead underneath this mountain from which you entered. Um, the ceiling is several hundred feet tall as well, so you truly are underneath the mountain quite deep at this point. Um, you see down the end of the hallway a set of double doors which are flung open. Currently are open, they aren't being flung open, I should uh, clarify. Um, and um, there seems to be a couple of other doors on either side as well. Uh, high above you, you see black stone gargoyles um, perched and silent. Grimaces on their face, uh, looking at any intruder into the tomb. Hmm. I have only guesses. If this is our first riddle. The enemies oppose is the first one. These the doors are on there are doors on the opposite walls. That's right. My only read would be perhaps there's enemy behind the doors that they as the doors are across from each other. Of course we also have those gargoyles which are opposite us. I can't imagine that there's a way through here. It's not going to have some trickery to it. Do you detect anything, Evelyn, with the floor or in the walls? You're on a perception check. Okay. 13. You, you can't uh, detect anything which is either on the floor or in the walls, uh, either where you are or from looking out what you can see from here. But it's possible that you're just too far away to be able to pick up a trap from, you know, 200 feet away or something. I'm actually going to take... Uh, one of the things that Gavin always has with him, because it's how he de-stresses, is horseshoes. That you know, as a blacksmith, he makes horseshoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his knitting. He's gonna take a horseshoe out of his bag, and like a good old game of horseshoes, is gonna fling it down the hall. Actually, I might, I'm gonna look to the party first. I'm thinking of throwing this in there to see if anything happens. Any objection? It's going to be loud. It's gonna bring anything that might hear it probably down upon us, but. At least we'll know they're coming, so be ready. Well, Any objections? If it, <laughs> it excavates the trap, the worst we do is lose a horseshoe. Cohen, in your experience, have you had any dealings with traps or such things? Not such as this, but your horseshoe idea makes sense. If something's coming this way, we can be prepared. 
So yeah, I take a horseshoe and uh, give it a good chuck out into the middle of this large chamber as far as I can throw it. Okay, so you toss it out into about the middle of the chamber, just flinging it outwards, and it clinks and clatters several times and lands with quite a loud noise uh, scattering across the cobbled stones of the tomb. And you wait for a long couple of seconds to see if anything happens. And it doesn't. And then you hear a noise. <laughs> You... Telly... Go ahead. Telly's hand is immediately at his sword and he has it drawn. Mm-hmm. It's ready for anything. Yeah. You hear a loud chittering from the opposite door several hundred feet away from you. Um, and several of the other doors begin to have that sound as well. The sound of running footsteps of a lot of people coming towards you in a shambling moan. And you hear this overwhelming kind of moaning, uh, almost yearning kind of screech of a dead, dying, um, lifeless creature. Um, And as several hundred of these things break out um, from down corridors, uh, you notice uh, that they are undead. Their flesh hangs loose from their skins. Their eyeballs are festering and dead. There is no life behind their eyes and they are coming towards you at all angles. A veritable horde. But you do notice something else as well. The two doors in the center of the room fling themselves open and nothing comes out from them. However, you are facing zombies ahead of you and to either side of you as well, and the center of the room is about 150 feet away. Um. How close are the... uh zombies to us? Uh, at this point they're about 100 feet away as well. Um, so they've just begun to flood out from the corners of the room and down the end of the chamber as well. So they are kind of... You're both at the same point in terms of running to converge to the same point to get to the gotcha. middle of the room. I can take care of the undead, left or right? I we say we go left. Now. Let's go left. Left. I start running towards the left door positioning myself to try to be have the undead in front of me party behind with the idea that when I get them that they're all but on me I'm going to cast turn the unholy alright what I'd like you all to do is to roll me athletics checks to get towards the center of the room oh no 21 for Gavin good damn 16 for Cohen 5 good thing I took proficiency in that that's going to be 18 (laughs) An 18. I got a five. 16 from Cohen and a 5 from Evan. Alright, so the group of you rush towards the center of the room as hordes of zombies pour in from every angle like a tide of rats falling over one another to get at your delicious flesh. However, Evan trips, falls, and stumbles and is left behind by the group. Um, and you see that she's falling behind you guys. There's a tough decision to make there because if you go back and get her, the horde are going to be upon you much, much sooner. Um, what's do we so Gavin you're in the front of yeah. this okay and then we were just kind of running as a three as a pack of three behind him I guess that makes sense um seeing this tally just stops backs up to where she is 
grabs her and tries to literally just haul her up under his arm and drag her along. Yeah, she's away from the horde. She's twisted an ankle as she's gone, and so she's slower. Um, and the two of you are kind of trying to trying to keep up with Gavin and Cohen at this point, who reach the center of the room a few moments before this horde of zombies are about to erupt onto you guys. Uh, like I say, I try to position myself to get as many within 30 feet of me as possible, mm -hmm. but leaving a sort of cone towards the door for the party to then basically, as soon as one gets close enough, um, I'm going to do my action is turn the unholy, and then as my bonus action, go ahead and cast um, Thunderous Smite on my Warhammer for my next attack so that I can uh, hopefully blow some of them back as well. All right, and Cohen, you've got these doors open either side of you. Uh. Can I do it? Cohen, get them through, then hold the door. <laughs> as you wish. But if this girl is going to cost us our lives, we will all go. You're going to rush for the door. All right, so Connor yeah. just bolts for the door. Um, and Gavin, you are holding back a tide right now um, as these zombies just begin to kind of claw onto you and with their festering wounds, uh, try and club themselves onto you. And you turn them back uh, with your, uh, your, what's it called? Turn unholy? Turn the unholy, unholy. yeah. Um, and you see them kind of uh, uh, flee the light, many of them. Um, and you, you know, they, they hate this. You see that their flesh just kind of sears and burns away and a fear grows in their eyes um, as the first wave of them kind of fall back around you. However, they're coming from behind you guys as well. And you know, it's only so long that you can really hold out against actually hundreds of these creatures. Um, you can buy them some time, but Tally and Evelyn uh, I need athletics checks from you guys once again. 15. Nice. 21. So the two of you rush into the room with Cohen as Gavin... Um, I'm going to hold against this tide. Uh, and the three of you uh, can now roll me a dexterity saving throw each as you rush into the open door. She's Right into the trap. Oh my god. Cohen got a 19. It's pretty good. Tally oh got a god. 6. Alrighty. So. Evan got an 8. <laughs> fantastic. So, Cohen, you dodge to the side as the wall collapses on Evan and Tally, crushing their bones and bodies, splitting them apart as their organs and. Pieces of body just splatter out, but you manage to dodge aside from the wall as Gavin is holding these doors um, and the wall is just closed in front of you and all you've got is a passageway behind you. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> GG. Correct. <laughs> Pretty much. So wait. Are Gavin and Cohen now Separate. split apart? They are split apart, yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Oh, yeah, you're the ones who are in trouble. <laughs> Everyone else is dead. <laughs> hey, you betrayed us, man. Yeah, you can't talk, Josh. <laughs> Vile betrayer. Yeah. So, uh, Cohen, you're running down this corridor. You kind of yeah. up from the corridor. All right. Turn and no choice. Fantastic. So uh, you rush down the corridor um, and um, 
yeah, uh, Gavin, you're kind of fighting against this tide of zombies that are just kind of beating their way against you, trying to wear you down. And you feel the stone beneath you moving. Um, and as, a, as you're stood in the very center of the room, you feel it just kind of push down below you. And uh, you fall downwards with the stone. Um, as this kind of tide of zombies fall in around you as well, but you're kind of going with the stone, whereas they are falling onto it and splatting down onto it. Um, and uh, you feel the stone is moving downwards with more and more force, more and more pressure and speed, um, until it, it reaches the bottom, and as it reaches, you are thrown against the wall, um, and you can roll me a constitution saving throw. Uh... A <laughs> seven. Fantastic. Gavin, you are knocked out unconscious. Cohen, however. Good luck, Cohen. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, Cohen, roll me a perception check real quick. That's a natural one. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> good thing we had good dice for you right? today, Will. Oh. The dice say that the game is over. <laughs> I, was, I was literally typing out, oh, go easy on the new no, guy. And no, no. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right. Um, so, Cohen, 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 you see the door at the end, which has a beam of light underneath it, which which signals freedom, um, and you're just you're rushing towards it until you look down at your foot and you you feel this incredible pain in your foot, and you look down and you realize that you've stood through a spike, which has gone all the way through your foot and uh, you just scream out in agony as your foot has been completely kind of um, just impaled upon this. Um, you're still alive though. Oh good. Ex excellent. <laughs> I'm sure I'll make this, uh, I'll make it out unscathed beyond uh -huh. this. Uh, what do you wanna do? I'm going to try and uh, Lift my foot free of the spike. Oh yeah, yeah. You can oh, roll me a constitution saving for twenty-one. It's damn good. So yeah. you just kind All of right. like wrench it free uh, with the pain um, and just begin to hobble your way towards the door. Um, and as you cast it open, you're out in sunlight, um, and the tomb is behind you. Am I back? So I'm back at the... You're kind of outside, yeah, um, in a courtyard area. I'm gonna... Tr I'm gonna... I wanna bandage myself, I guess. I yeah, yeah, kind of Bandage my foot. foot. Yeah, See yeah. if I can make it out. You wrap up your foot and enter into this kind of uh, calm, serene courtyard with a statue of an angel in the middle, um, and it's uh, pouring water from it. Um, there are no immediate exits to this courtyard as there are walls on each side of you. But you are outside, you can look above you and see the sky. Uh, I want to, I'm going to approach the statue and uh, do an investigation check to see if... Is there any yeah, yeah, written, yeah. written text or yeah, anything? That's a 12. Nice. Um, you try and kind of read this uh, scroll, and as you kind of like touch it, you see there is something written on it. Um, and uh, you kind of touch the stone, and you see the water turn red to blood. And uh, as the water begins to flow out, you look above you as you hear the screech and call of these creatures that you saw above you in the jungle. 
only the night before. And um, they begin to circle down towards the blood that they can smell. I'm going to turn and try and hobble my way back into the tomb. Get some cover. Of, of course, of course you do. So you rush back towards the door, hobbling towards it. And um, you, you try the door, but it's closed behind you and it's locked shut. And as these creatures begin to circle down towards you, that's where we're going to leave Cohen's story for now. Gavin. Hi. <laughs> you can hear Lacey's voice in your unconsciousness. She says, The expedition set out with eight in total. That much you remember. The five of you, accompanied by other adventurers who traveled to Cholt alongside you, set to rid the world of an ancient evil and gain gold beyond measure. There was a veteran scout to lead the way, an expert trap maker, and a young bard for companionship. Your fellowship traveled across seas roiling in chaos until you reached the verdant jungles of Cholt. There you remember you made camp along the beach before cutting through the thick jungles to make it to your destination, the tomb of the nine gods. Why does everything else slip away from your memory? Why can't you remember? As you lie on your back in the darkness, you hear the footsteps of an unknowable horror coming closer, and you begin to remember. Gavin, time is short. I've managed to wake you up, but if your friends are going to stand any chance, I need you to remember. Gavin, remember. Gavin, you wake up, and you're in the room. Yeah, Gavin goes through the same motions that he did before he grabbed the handle of the door before and then reaches into his pocket with such a sense of gratitude and thankfulness and pulls out the small key that Lacey had given to him and slips it into the lock. Yeah. You hear the sounds of the creatures coming towards you, the sound of footsteps growing louder and that unearthly murmur. Um, and you don't know how long you've been out, but looking over your shoulder, you see your former companions stumbling towards you, stitched back together by the crone's hand into one abomination with the head of Evan, the strong arms of Tally, the wounded legs of Cohen and the skeletal key opens the door into a dark descent and as you turn and head down the passage you hear a familiar voice it would have been so difficult to move through such trouble make my way through so many obstacles, so many traps, so much evil in this place. But why would I do so many things if I could just have somebody else go ahead? Spare me all the trouble, set off all of the traps, spill their blood in my place and carry what I needed all the way to the door. And now, it's just you, Gavin. You alone. 
but your friends. They are coming. And that is where we're going to wrap up tonight's episode of the Tomb of Annihilation. <laughs> That's sure. <laughs> that was amazing. That was great. That's awesome. Uh, wow. <laughs> Josh, it's always Josh. Every day. <laughs> never, never time. trust me. It's literally Christ. never trust me. No wonder you were late. I bet you felt guilty for what you're about to do. <laughs> you didn't want to face us. I'm just like imagining the collective abomination that mm -hmm. we became and it's like whoop oh, somebody man. skipped leg day <laughs> oh my god <laughs> All right. oh dear oh dear my friends but yes that is where we're gonna end tonight's episode of turn cloaks on the uh, the podcast from annihilation hopefully you guys have enjoyed it if you like this uh you want to hear more maybe then you can come over to our feed it's turn cloaks um you can find us on twitter at turn cloaks pod and you can listen to our very new adventure um by the time this releases there'll only be about three episodes out so it's a new podcast launching dark fantasy very much in the style of this it's gonna be a lot of tears and uh yeah hopefully you guys uh enjoyed it lat um if you did um then then please do let us know as i mentioned um we'd love to hear from you guys and hopefully we'll do more of these fun little adventures again uh but let's go around the cast and crew did we enjoy ourselves where can we find one another online um let's start with uh start tall school <laughs> yay, yay. Um, <laughs> all my friends died and i'm <laughs> i'm in a tomb with the with the druid who uh, basically gave us all to Asarak. Yay. yay no it's cool though Good adventure. I liked the sort of circular nature of it that it was done in a flashback. That was that was definitely cool. I enjoyed it a lot, um, and it was great playing with you guys with new new different uh, characters yeah, that we yeah. haven't experienced before, and uh, having uh, our guests in as well. That was awesome. So uh, thank you all. It was great. I enjoyed it. Uh, can't wait to like play a full campaign in yeah you know the Tomb of Annihilation uh, world. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's go to let's go to our, our villain of the night, Josh. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. The great the great thing about this is you get to bring together a really great group of people, and the, I, I think you all bring something really uh, perfect to the table. So it's just been an absolute pleasure um, to kill you off one by one and stitch those pieces together for my own nefarious needs. <laughs> and yeah, always a blast to play with you guys. Uh, if I can't, I can't recommend it enough, and I cannot wait to uh, to play out the rest of the adventures and and get really into it, um, because we all need a little bit of sadness and depression and violence in our life, surely. <laughs> right? Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Sydney, I I don't even know what what do you want me to say to you? <laughs> I cannot believe y'all went about so mad. Of you, <laughs> I cannot believe this shit. <laughs> we may have to believe a couple of times. <laughs> I'm not allowed to swear too much. <laughs> Bastion, please just put like a big bleep like over everything <laughs> I say. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was. I thought that was really cool, though. It was really unique. I'm mad about it, but it was cool. Um. I, like I kind of want to see where it goes, but I also don't want to play like a, a big blob of. of yeah, everyone. I think if we did ever return to the, <laughs> the tomb, um, 
then then you can play some different characters. But yeah. I mean, that's based on you know the guys who listen. If if they if you guys like it, then then tweet at mm. us, let us know, leave us a review on iTunes, and and, and we can do some more. And if you if you guys think that they should just suck it up and play the Wombo Well, do we get to like add up all of our stats? <laughs> right. I, I, I would be. I we kind of like needed to have do. all of our stats add together with the way we were rolling tonight. Right? Yeah. 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 It's kind of like a Voltron type deal. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Like you like the Voltron. You got the arms that come yeah, together with yeah. the legs and the head and everything. Think of it in a positive yeah. way. You're, yeah. you're better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, are, we rose and now we're stronger. Exactly. We can rebuild them. <laughs> we have the yeah. technology. Um, but yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Joseph. Um, a very well done um, episode. Great storytelling. It's just fantastic to see all the little twists that happened. Um, and, you know, it's... A lot of different deaths happen. You have sudden death, which is great, and then you have, you know, oh, I see death coming, and I'm <laughs> Hello, terrified, death. which is, <laughs> yep, which is also great. Um, so you know, you got a pretty well-rounded way of, of telling a story here. Uh, it's it's just been all around fun, even though I was splattered against the walls. Um, it's fine. I I can't complain about it because I had a good time playing. So uh, thank you guys so much. Fantastic. And last but not least, our guest from the You Meet in a Tavern podcast, Brian. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. This has been an amazing experience. Um, at You Meet in a Tavern, we are more of a uh, comedy podcast, like D&D <laughs> podcast. Uh, and that is my first experience with Dungeons and Dragons. And this is my second, what, third, I guess, because technically I did another one. And amazing i am in all what you all do is simply fantastic thank you so much for having me um you can find me on the you meet in a tavern podcast uh, i'm on twitter at stasis for life we have on twitter at you meet in a tavern at ymia tavern uh again thank you so much this was <laughs> i'm Really, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, no, this was this was so much fun. I had a lot of fun playing with the You Meet in Tavern guys as well. They have a fantastic show. You guys should definitely, definitely. I keep saying definitely. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, we love, we love Jeff. Jeff. Jeff is Jeff's a great, great guy. I mean, yeah. Um, they have a fantastic show. You guys. Oh, it's gone now. They have a fantastic show. You guys should definitely check them out. There we there go. There we That's go. The That's the charm. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, put it in there. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening to Town Cloaks. If you like this style of role-playing, it's dark, serious fantasy, you can find us uh, at Town Cloaks on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, Podomatic, Pod whatever the hell you like, my friends. Um, find us online there. Give us a review. Tweet to us at TurnCloaksPod, um, and uh, the cast and crew are here from Encounter Roleplay, um, which is on Twitch, Twitter, website, at EncounterRP. Come check us out. We live stream Dungeons and Dragons basically every day, and we do podcasts like TurnCloaks as well. So um, other than that, guys, good luck in the tomb, should you venture in there. And until next time, try not to roll too many net ones, because we want to be here laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>